This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Marquel Russell, and he's going to tell us how he has the playbook, especially for you consultants and speakers and entrepreneurs already making money. He has a way for you to make even more money. Saw him online. I don't know if I heard him on Clubhouse too, but he's one of those people you want to listen to. So I'm just going to let you talk, Marquel, and give us the game. How are you doing today? I'm amazing, man. Thank you so much for having me on here, Kelly, man. I'm um, I'm having a ball, man. I'm 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 getting South Florida vibes from seeing your background, man. So I got to get back down to Florida pretty soon. Oh yeah, man, come down. Just make sure you have your mask, cause uh, it's crazy out here as far as the numbers. But I heard Atlanta's not too. It's not too much better. So no, no, no. Atlanta <laughs> wide open. Yeah, we wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me during this COVID time, how has business been? Our business has been booming um, for not only us, but also for our clients. I think um, the beautiful thing about understanding what we do. So like, for example, what we help our clients do is like automate their client attraction process. So they kind of got control of the client acquisition so they can actually scale their business while working less. So I think the beauty of mastering um, the skill set of attracting clients to you, you pretty much reset, especially using the Internet to do it. You pretty much recession proof your business. Um, because now you're not worried about um, what happens. Now you can't, people can't go outside and things like that. You got your, even if you got a brick and mortar business, it's ways to even do that. So some people we work with, they had brick and mortar businesses and now they've been able to leverage the internet um, to tap into their clients and still serve their clients at a high level and even at a high price. So businesses um, has been booming. I think we probably, one of my team members said, I was just on Clubhouse right before this. And um, she was basically like, we actually 3X, probably more than that um, during the pandemic. So, um, yeah, man, it's been it's it's been a beautiful thing. And I really need you to preach to the people, you know, some of those avenues that when they go to your website and, you know, tap in how that how you do that, because as a fellow consultant, you know, we tell clients, hey, maybe you need to sell courses. Maybe you need to, you know, have YouTube uh, podcast, a book. But what are, you know, some of the ways because, you know, and things that you do, do you handhold for the client or do you just give them good ideas and say, you know, hey, good luck. Give us the game. Yeah, so for sure. So basically what we do is we, we essentially have a partner program. So when somebody comes on board, we partner with them. So essentially we become, uh, if they have a marketing team already, we work with their marketing team. We help them dial in their marketing and their client's acquisition process. If they don't have a marketing team and they're doing all the marketing themselves, we obviously partner with them and kind of, we don't just give them the resources and the toolbox. We actually bring the tools and the strategies and we help them implement them. So it's more like we're partnering with them and we're doing it with them. That way they're not out trying to figure it out on their own. They're not watching, you know, thousands of hours of videos, but they have a specific step-by-step process to do it. And then we're right over the shoulder with them, helping them implement it. And I love that because I, I like to tell all the consultants and publicists, there is that partnership sounds like you're doing business with them. So you also get to eat off of what you have gone and killed. Is that correct? So we actually don't take a revenue share. We did, they just, we, we, they pay us up front. Um, and then we, you know, work with them through the process and then we, we, we should do a revenue share, but, um, we yeah. haven't at this point. 
Um, it's just been like, hey, you pay us, we help you, we serve you at a high level, help you get amazing results. And then you can decide, hey, I want to continue this engagement and then we continue to work together, you know, or we don't. Okay, Marquil is nice. Yeah, it's a revenue share over here all day because, <laughs> you know, our kids, kids have to eat off these things that we are creating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, creation is just in you. Um, I know nothing was just handed to you. One heck of a bio, you know, gone from the streets to the executive suites like uh, Ken Ivey, one of my first clients would say. But tell us about the game. And I want to know about that plaque and that crown behind you um, as well. But, you know, how did you start this? When did you start this? And more importantly, why did you start this? So I um, so I took a different route, man. A lot of times you hear people in this business consultant world, you know, they kind of was in the real estate space. Or they got degrees or whatever. Like I don't have any degrees. Um, I don't have, I don't even have a high school diploma. I got a GED. Um, I dropped out of high school in 10th grade. <clears throat> so I got a ninth grade education, started selling drugs at a young age, jumped out in the streets early, started going to jail. Uh, when I was 19, I was in jail when, on my birthday and I had my first son when I was 19. So when I got out, I said, I'm going to do this legit thing. So I said, you know what, I'm going to get me two jobs. Um, one job I got was changing oil and tires on 18 wheelers at this truck stop. Worked there about two weeks. I was covering the oil every day. Couldn't do it. So I ended up back in the streets, but I started an entertainment company doing artist management, club promotions and stuff like that. I didn't really know how to rap. Didn't really know about the music business. Didn't know how to do beats. But I was always a visionary. I had some influence and I knew people who rapped and I knew people who did beats. And I was like, okay, if I can get them together, you know, in alignment and our visions in alignment and their vision is alignment, my vision, and we can all come together and collaborate. So we started this company called Get To It Enterprises. So from there, I started managing these artists. I was learning the business as I go. And a guy, a buddy who I knew, he used to always see us in the club um, because our strategy from a music standpoint, and it's probably similar in South Florida, um, because we got, you know, we're pretty much like cousins, Atlanta and mm-hmm. South Florida. So our strategy was if we had a single, a song, and we wanted to see if it was a banger, we went to the strip clubs. Because if we can go to the strip clubs and we get the DJs to play it, we throw a little money, see how the girls respond. We know we got one. So that was our strategy. And it worked. So we used to be in the strip club so much. One of the managers, cousin who knew me, he was like, hey, my cousin is opening up this new club. He's going to be managing it. And I want to give you a night. So I went down and met him. He gave me a night. I started doing industry nights where artists can come perform. They can pay $225. And whoever wins, you get $250 cash prize. And it, and it blew up. Like some of the big artists is on now used to, used to come through. Um, so we did that. And while I was in the club one night, a guy walked up to me. He thought I was somebody else. Uh, he thought I was one of my bros, actually. And he pitched me on network marketing. So like how to, you know, they were selling these digital, they were selling these video phones and it was supposed to be the next big technology and all that, which obviously video phones blew up, but they didn't do what they was going to do. Thought it was going to do anyway. But anyway, I uh, jumped into that and that led me into this legitimate world of business and home business and all that. And I, they didn't really teach us marketing. They only taught us like how to talk to friends and family, um, how to talk to people come within three feet of you and me coming from my background. One thing we don't do is just bring people to our house. And we also don't just walk up to strangers who come within three feet of us talking. It just felt weird. So I was introduced to online marketing by somebody who was on my team. And um, that's when I started learning about direct response marketing, generating leads, attracting people to me. And I was just amazed because in this world where I'm, where I'm in, this consulting and online marketing is, is white dominated. So you don't really see too many people like me, like cat coming in, bullet goals, tattoos, 
all over him. And like, it's just different. So I was like, dang, I wonder if people gonna even take me serious, right? But I see all these white boys making all this money. Like, it must be something to this. So I was obsessed with it. So I started buying trainings and courses and they was teaching everything. And I was like, this is crazy. So I just kind of carved out and I was like, okay, if you want to make millions of dollars in America or anywhere in the world, the key is to solve a big problem. And the big problem we decided we was going to solve is helping business owners eliminate this issue of getting new clients because eight out of 10 businesses, you know, fail within eight, um, within 18 months, 534,000 businesses get started every month. Eight out of 10 of those businesses are out of business within 18 months. Um, and the main reason is because they don't know how to get consistent clients consistently. So we just carved out that space for us. And then we just been all in on that. And over the past, you know, eight uh, over the past uh, past few years, we helped our clients do over a hundred million dollars in revenue. And um, people, a lot of people call me the king of client attraction. Now that's where that that crown you see. Our last client only event, um, my business partner and director of client success, Dre, he actually um, he, they crowned me officially the king <laughs> of client attraction. So that's where the, that's where the crown came from. And that plaque back there, um, that's the client attraction university plaque. We actually give our clients plaques. So we got like five or six different awards that we give our clients. So one of the awards that we give them is called the Six Figure Club with a Six Figure Elite. That means they made an extra six figures um, since working with us. If they may haven't, if they have five figure months, we have we got this five star award, and then we got the Seven Figure Club award um, that we give away for them. You know, add an extra million dollars of their income. That's a plaque I just we just I got from me. Uh, just for myself, because you know, a lot of companies give away plaques and all different type of stuff. We're not really in the business of like doing all that. We we recently grabbed one from this other company, whatever the case may be. But I just got, I thought it was dope. I was like, you know what? We giving away all these plaques. I'm gonna get one. Um, I'm gonna get one for me. <laughs> so you know, that's kind of where that came from. No, I love it, and you're doing it your way, and you're also part of you know the uh, Black Ring Gang. We ain't gonna get into that, but if you know what the Black Ring represents, then you know. Um, you know, how hard are easy for you because you were in Atlanta, but to come, you know, and to have a record and then to be, you know, just to be black, to have a record, to be a black male, to have a, a son, was it to be yourself? Because, I mean, you were fully just being yourself, you know, uh, teeth and all, rings and all. And a lot of times, especially outside of Atlanta, people, you know, they get pushed back. No, no, no. Cut your love locks. You can't have your hair like that. You can't speak like that. But you're an eloquent speaker. And how you talk is how you talk. But sometimes, you know, when you are in certain environments, you have to be bilingual, just yeah. like anyone who speaks Spanish or Swahili, you know, Uhaligani to my folks who speak Swahili, Mulibonji yeah. to those who speak uh, Chichetua. I just want to know with you, um, how hard was it to be yourself getting in the game? Man, that's a really good question, bro, because like when I first came, because I come from this, I came from this network marketing world and in the network marketing world, it was like all glitz and glamour, everybody wore suits and that's kind of, that was professionalism. So I brought that into like what I'm doing, what I was doing then. So when I started doing like online videos, and if you look at some of my older stuff, I had on like suits and all different types of stuff. And I used to wear it because that's what they said we had to do. But when I finally realized that people actually want me to show up like this, I can come up, I, I can speak in front of four or 500 people uh, with a hoodie on and some Air Force Ones with my backpack on. People love that. So people love just the authenticity. And one of my clients asked me one time, she was like, what's one of the most powerful pieces of marketing psychology that you've learned over the years that has helped you become successful? And like I told her, it's authenticity. So if you can show up 100% 
authentic, you being you 100%, whether that's ripped jeans, ripped true religion jeans while you're speaking or whether that's a suit or whatever your thing is, but just you being comfortable with who you are, um, that's magnetic. So you're going to attract the people who are meant for you. And then you're going to, of course, repel the people who aren't a good fit for you. Definitely. And uh, Seth Godwin always talks about, you know, your tribe and all his mm-hmm. 200 books. You know, you're going to attract your tribe. So d- don't worry. Just keep pushing and keep working. Mm-hmm. I see a, you know, a whole good collection of books. What was the last great book you read? Man, uh, I'm actually missed so many. So one thing I'm reading that's really fascinating. It's not even really a book. It's um, it's, it's actually right here. So it's actually the Amazon letters to shareholders. So it's basically the um jeff bezos the founder of amazon he has these letters of shareholders that he writes to shareholders every year and this mm-hmm. it goes back to like 1997 um so i've been reading like one of those every month right i mean every morning so right now i'm on 2005 so just how just seeing how these cats think and how he grew amazon is really cool really cool to see so that's one of the books i'm on um i also i'm reading Hot, it's actually right here on my thing right here as well. So I'm reading um, High Output Management by Andrew Grove. This is um, the guy who the former chairman and CEO of Intel. So I'm always thinking about how these next level thinkers, billion dollar companies, hundred million. I'm really into studying like individuals who built like billion dollar companies or multiple hundred million dollar companies and just seeing how they operate, how they think and that type of thing. So those are a couple of things that I've been diving into. And I'm listening to this book called Indistractable. And it's basically just about, you know, just being more productive, not, you know, uh, eliminating all the distractions and things like that so you can really, you know, shine in your zone. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a book nerd for sure. And, and like me, you read minds, because my next question is, uh, we always hear folks say, I don't have time to read. And then you say, well, here, here's Tim Ferriss for our work week on audiobook or on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, I just didn't have to. We all got the same time. We always hear that. How do you set time with working with your clients, dealing with your, you know, your at least your one son? I don't know if you have another uh, child, if not. I got a house some- for Okay, I was going to say more on the way. I was going to bless and speak life. Yeah, I got um, a house full of them. <laughs> yeah. How do you find that time to take time to, to learn? You schedule it, man. Like, it's just like everything. You schedule it. Anything. So, like, for me, how I operate, if it's not on my calendar, it's not real. So, I schedule it. So, I schedule learning time. So, one of the things I do, part of my morning routine is, like, when I'm working out, I'm listening to an audio book. So, I typically listen to an audio book at two times the speed. So uh, I can get through them two times as fast. So if it's a six hour audiobook, I can get to it, through it in like three hours. Um, and if I get like 30 minutes in while I'm working out, so that's what one, two, three, four, five, about a week, I can get through an audiobook, right? Um, and a lot of times it's shorter. So I'm listening to it. So I schedule it. I'm super intentional about it. I mean, I have reading time scheduled and I even have thinking time scheduled on my calendar. So I literally schedule everything. So you got to schedule. You don't really, some people say, how do you make time? You don't make, you, you don't make time. You, you, you carve it out. You, 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 you just be super intentional about it. We all, like you said, we all got 24 hours a day. We don't got to make time. You know what I'm saying? The time is already made. We got to just be like, how do we manage ourselves in the time that we have? And that's, that's how you do it. So what time is for the kids? Because you hear a lot of women, especially say, I feel guilty. I don't have time for my kids. And I'm like, you know what? I used to sometimes feel guilty, but they would be in school, right? Now I don't feel guilty at all. I'm, I'm, this is your guys' time. Come out here and play with me. This is the office. Uh, how do you schedule time with the kids? Is it during the day? Is it at night, early mornings? So good question. So basically for me, so I get up at 4 a.m. Um, and 
I, that's my hope. That's my me time from four to like six. At six, I wake my kids up. From six to like seven thirty, I'm getting them prepared for school, doing their morning routine with them, all that good stuff. Once they start school, like seven thirty, seven forty-five, about eight forty-five-ish, for eight fifty, I have a team call my team every morning. So from eight fifty, that's when business actually starts to about three. So by the time we wrap up here, about three o'clock, um, I pretty much start shutting down for the day. And then I'm just, you know, chilling with the, with the fam for the rest of the day for the most part. Unless I do like a interview or something like later on, even like, for example, today, we're going to chill out from like three to about six or seven or so. And then we're going to have like game night. You know what I'm saying? So typically I shut down shop about three. Um, start shutting down, doing my little, my end of the day report type of thing. About 3.30, I'm officially out the office. Um, and I also leave my phone in the office. Um, because if not, I'll be checking it and all that. So I'm more intentional about leaving that in there. I got my emergency phone for just my fam, just in case. But I keep this one in the office because this is like, we don't got no apps or, or nothing on this one. So I don't got to worry about no distractions or nothing. So I'm just super intentional about the time. So you got to just be super intentional about it, right? Got to be what's, what's important to you, you know, you'll make time for. And with reading the books and talking about, see, these are good methods because a lot of folks, you know, they can't leave their phone. They're addicted to their phone. They're addicted to social media. But with reading the books and having this information and knowing that there is a community that you might have to switch up that lingo again to give it to them. Have you written a book yet or have any plans to write a book? Yeah, so I actually wrote two books. So I got one book, it's called Breaking the Cycle. Um, this was the first book I wrote and it was kind of just me putting into a book like all the notes that I had accumulated from from 25 to about 29 30 putting it all together because I was like how can I get this out to more people like if I knew this at 14 15 years old where would I be then so I like took it put it into this book called breaking the cycle and we actually created a program like a breaking the cycle youth program that we do where we teach them about entrepreneurship and all that good stuff so that was the first book I wrote and most recently well not recently but the last book I wrote it's called The Millionaire Expert, how experts, consultants, and coaches and others are turning their knowledge and expertise into million dollar empires. It's called The Millionaire Expert. We actually sell that book for a hundred bucks. So um, it's every time we roll it out at events, it always sells out. So that's our other book. Thinking about writing a new one, but I'm not sure if I'm gonna do it just yet or not. And you guys can check those out on Amazon. You know, I ask questions that I already have the answer to, but I like the author to, you know, talk about how and why, because I you, I know you get this. People probably start to look at you like a unicorn. And I don't mean in the financial and VC world type where, oh, you're like that pink poodle uh, Malcolm was talking about. And it's like, no, I'm just more organized and I'm working harder than y'all who are watching you know, Love and Hip Hop or 90 Day Fiance like I might be watching. I'm, I'm going to say that's that's my vice. Right. For sure, for sure. I, so we all so, got them. Right. We all got our vices. Yeah, yeah. But but how do you, you know, when you go to that next level and people are saying, you know, you made so much money, um, could you help me out? And that help isn't higher. That help is just, can you help me out? Or can you help fund my foolishness or my dream? How do you cut people off? Because, you know, you got cousins and aunties and uncles who are yeah. looking at you and saying, well, you wrote a book on being a millionaire. Right. Um, you know, where's mine? Right. So for me, man, I keep my circle really small, right? I, I kind of live in a bubble. So I um, normally during the week, I don't even really go outside. I'm typically at the house. I can't, I'm, I'm in a bubble. So to answer your question, I do have, so I got two sisters um, who are younger than me. They already know, like, I'm your last resort. So make sure you exhaust all other options <laughs> before you reach out to me for anything. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want you to be, not because I want to be selfish or anything, but I, I don't want you to be dependent on me. I don't want you to be dependent on anybody. So yes, I am here for you. I got your back. But let me be your absolute last resort, right? Other than that, I don't really get a lot of that. But my thing is like, I believe that helping people, if you help them the wrong way, you can actually hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Because if, you, if you're always there and you're not letting people learn and you're not letting them grow and you're not letting them figure out how to get out their own situations, you really hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Even with my kids, I don't give my kids a traditional allowance, right? They got to like do certain things to earn money because in the real world, you don't get an allowance. You don't get a check every week just to be getting it. You know what I'm saying? You got to do something. You got to solve a specific problem. You got to add some type of value. And in exchange for that, whether that's doing the dishes or folding clothes or doing this or whatever, then you get fine. You, that's how you add. It's an exchange of value, but not just because you're here and you're taking the space. You get a check every week. No, it doesn't work like that. So I don't do that with my kids. So I'm definitely not going to do it, you know, with, with adults. But I am huge on helping individuals in terms of like plugging them with resources or plugging them with knowledge. Or if you got some questions that I can answer about this thing that you want to do, but just willingly just giving out money, just giving out money just because um, that's definitely not something I do because I believe it really, it really helps. It really hurts people more than anything. And it's not like anybody. And I mean, anybody has just enough money to give everybody who asks because you'd be surprised how many times people are asked for stuff. I'm sure, you know, charities hit you up, schools, hit, you know, and it's like if you were just to give everything away at 60 70 years old no matter what you have it might be like i need some help and those people won't be there to help you right so do you think about you know retirement and what does retirement look like for you so for me man um to be honest with you bro i won't i don't think i would ever retire in a traditional sense like well i'm not doing anything i think i'll still be 60, 70, 80 years old, still coaching and consulting on a high level, uh, still super healthy, still traveling the world, still doing my thing, probably still writing books, doing interviews and podcasts, um, empowering entrepreneurs. Uh, this is literally my life's work. This is more, this isn't just, just a business and more of a calling for me. So I'll do this probably to my last day. Um, but from a retirement standpoint of just having that legacy that continues to live on, whether that's money, whether that's real estate, whether what it is that wealth growing, whether retirement, if I did, didn't want to do anything else and I still want to live an amazing lifestyle, I could still do that. But I don't really see myself retiring in a traditional sense where it's like, hey, I'm hanging up everything. I ain't doing nothing. I'm just chilling, just traveling. No, I, I see myself doing this to, to my to my last breath for the most part. But- but the thing is, you're doing all of that. It's almost like you are, you're living your best life, able to exactly. do what you want. And that's the, that's the, like, it's like we're in the twilight zone yep. and it, you know, it's, it's a good dream and it does have, it can have its ups and downs like anybody else's life, but yep. with everything shifting where you're able to live that type of life now mm-hmm. and have that freedom, what do you think about, you know, with your kids in school? Because I've always been like, school should have been virtual when I was there, you know, if virtual was around right yep, but sure. it could have been like not school takes up a lot of time where yep. i think folks need to look into their passions now we have alternative schools where you can do what you want but what type of schooling do you have your kids in do they do the traditional model or do they got daddy's program so i think they got so they got a mixture right so they got the traditional model because they're sort of doing like you said virtual schooling right now through regular school and of course we got our own 
um, like you said, dad is cool as well. So we talk about like, what is like, my, my kids are like my, I got a 13, well, 16 month old, uh, five-year-old, a seven-year-old, a 16-year-old, well, 17 year old, and I got a daughter who's 19. Dang, that man's busy and rich and yeah, wealthy. My. Yeah, and I, and I got uh, and my nephews, of course. So they understand we talk about things like what is profit? You know what I'm saying? What is, uh, what is entrepreneurship? What is debt? Uh, when you own stock, what does that mean? They know that means you own a part of a business. What is real estate? What's the two types of real estate? So they understand we're having these conversations just so they're knowledge about the terms. So I'm just dripping on them here and there. And I also, one thing I don't do is say like, you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be an entrepreneur. My goal is to really set them up where they can do whatever it is they desire to do. So when I want to be a school teacher, they can be a school teacher because they're not doing school teaching because of the money, because the money thing has been taken care of. They're being a school teacher because that's what they love to do because they've been set up to do whatever. And not from a standpoint of like they're spoiled. That's not definitely not my goal, but them, so you can actually go out and not have to make decisions based on money. You can do what you want to do still have the lifestyle you want and so forth. So they get a mixture of a little bit. So I'm like, see, cause I got so much of it. I don't even want to just dump it all on them. I just like season it on them here and there. We have some conversations and we talk about different things and I just start seeing them use the word. They're talking to other people about it. And um, so, yeah, so I'm just kind of learning that navigating it the best way. And of course, you know, kids, they learn differently. So it's like, I'm teaching one person this way, one person this way. So I'm just kind of easing in and what's like the best way to make it stick and just being consistent, you know, over time. Do you have any rituals that you do with the kids? Uh, and let me let me give some detail because I my wife is from Cameroon, and when you're in West Africa or many parts of Africa, the power may go out if your solar isn't set. And so I like to say, let's cut off the lights while we're here in America, because when the power goes out in Africa, you still having a good time, whether you got a generator or not. Right. And so I think about everything that we give our kids. And I heard T.D. Jakes talk about this one time and other speakers. You've heard it where our hustle comes from our experiences. And so if we make everything just so smooth for the kids, you know, my kids, hey, why do I got to pick that up? The house cleaner will get that. Man, if you don't pick that up right now, you know, like the house Mm -hmm. cleaner is free, whatnot. So how do you navigate that and give those experiences to them when life is just so blessed? I mean, so like, it's interesting, bro, because me and me and some of my people was having a similar conversation and, um, because it's like, it's a balance. It's a balance and act of like, have it, like you said, them experiencing the good life, but then you showing them that, hey, you still got to put in the work to accomplish certain things. So it's really a balance and act. So of course, like you said, making them, hey, when you get up, make sure your bed is clean, make sure your bed is made up, uh, make sure it's cleaned up, clean up behind yourself, do this, take responsibility. So just kind of teaching them those lessons along the process so they know that, hey, it is. So like, for example, they, somebody come ask me for some money that's the wrong question to ask. The question to ask is what problem can I solve? What value can I add in exchange for getting some money versus can I just get $10 to go to the movies? Like, no, nah, you knew you wanted to go to the movies all week. So instead of you waiting till Friday to come ask for some money to go to the movies, earlier this week, you should have been like, okay, what problems can I solve? What value can I add this week so I can have some money by the weekend? But because you didn't do that, now you don't have no money. So now we, we've learned that lesson going into next week. So let's say it's a, if it's a different activity, if it's a different action next week, and if it's not a different action, you obviously didn't learn the lesson. So you got to keep learning. Because every business starts with what problem you're solving. So you, yeah. you're putting in, putting in their head. 
Now, for all the success that you have had and the best is yet to come, so what you're going to have, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future? So, yes, yeah, so I do a couple of things. So one thing that we do is um, I give, of course, to my church because um, we're doing some big things with our church. Um, also, I have a um, or I got like my a church and another couple of churches that we support. And then also um, we have a pro it's a why don't it's not my program, but it's a buddy of mine named Gary. They have a program called Next Level Boys Academy. Um, you may have seen it on like TV and stuff like that, but it's called Next Level Boys Academy. It's an empowerment center. And basically the cool thing about what Gary does completely different than what I see a lot of these mentorship program dudes do is they've actually helped um, these young brothers save in these families save millions of dollars in bond money so for example some of these cats they were like could have went to prison for like 15 years 20 years but he'll go in there on be on their behalf and talk to the judge and then instead of them going to do 15 years the judge would sign them over to his diversion program so now they can go home with their family and then every saturday they just come to the diversion program class daily mentorship program and they got to do that like every saturday for like five years or five months or whatever versus going to do 15 years in prison. So that's a program that we support real heavy as well. Oh man, that sounds like God's work for real, for real. And then I'm sure those, some of those folks say, I want to be a mentor. I want to mm-hmm. work there. And it's just yep. the cycle, yep. you know? And so that's a beautiful thing, man. If you would let the folks know before we, we wrap up, cause I just want them to go click the links in the description box. Majority of them are listeners on Apple, you know, iTunes, all that good stuff. Let them know before they reach out to you what that cost could be like. Because the number one thing I hate when people start, you know, they'll hit you up. You have a meeting just to have another meeting. So you create systems. But I also don't want people to be intimidated saying, man, this brother got so much money. It's like calling Puff Daddy for help. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to afford it. So let them know what range, because you got to invest in yourself instead of investing in Gucci, instead of investing in Rolls Royce, invest in yourself first. So where should they be looking at to spend? Yeah, so I so it so it really varies, right? So we do so we do events, so we do so there's a lot of different stuff that we do. So like for example, so we do like free workshops. Um, that's so that's one option we do. We also do like um, other workshops, like our one day workshops are typically around like forty nine bucks, could go up to like two hundred bucks. And we do like our three day intensive programs. They could go anywhere from like twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars or something like that. And it could go all the way up to like thirty six grand, fifty grand, just depending on like what capacity. Um, to 100 grand, just depending on that, like what level they want to play. So we kind of got something all across the board based on where they are. Um, but the biggest thing that we have, we typically have a conversation first to kind of see how we can assist. And then based on where they are, what they're looking to accomplish, we kind of got something for, for, for everybody, for the lack of a better term. Not everybody, but depending on where you are, we got something that may fit or may not fit. All right. And don't be intimidated, folks, because what you're paying for, see all those books and the ones that won't fit on camera and all the experience that, you know, you can't put in to an interview or even a book. You're paying for all of that because you see your business. He's seen hundreds, thousands, possibly. So I thank you, Markwell, for coming on, y'all. We're going to take this offline. You got anything you want to leave the people with? I don't. I would say the biggest thing is like um, if y'all if you want to if you're in a business, you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're a service provider and you want to get more clients for your business so you can actually scale while working less. I got a free gift that you can get access to. It's called the paid ad playbook. Um, and it shows you how to get 50 to 100 leads every single day that convert into clients. So if you go to paid ad, so P-A-I-D ad, ad playbook dot com, you can get access to that for 100 percent free. 
And um, yeah, so that's the first place to start. Go grab that. It's 100% free. And you get some bonus videos that come along with it as well. You can't listen or watch Diversified Game and be broke. Y'all just got the game and got a freebie. Y'all be blessed. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.